Welcome back to Ramplify, a student-centered podcast hosted by the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success at Suffolk University. This podcast is produced to support the ways you think about, talk about, and engage with career readiness and career self-management. Hi, this is Jake. I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Adesua Ikbenawika, the Director of Career Equity and Access in the Suffolk University Career Center. Ade, how's it going today? It's going very well. Better now that I'm talking to you. Oh, lovely. Are you someone who enjoys cloudy weather, sunny weather? Like, what's your... Sunny weather. I'm a first-gen immigrant, so come from a place where it's sunny most of the time. On the, my trip in today, it was really cloudy and overcast, and, you know, secretly, that's my favorite weather. Um, <laughs> I get migraines in the sun, and so oh. it's my happy place because, you know, fall, New England weather is is really for me. I, I enjoy it. So There's something for everybody. Just coming in here, the sun was so warm. I just had to, like, take a two-minute walk just to soak in the sun. I feel that. I feel that. It, it's regenerative. It, it helps uh, to fuel the body. So, I did, I'm so happy to have you in the studio today. Uh, today we're talking about first-generation students. I know that you identify as a first-generation student. Yes, I do. I know that you also, as our Director of Career Equity and Access, amongst the many things you're working on, amongst the many initiatives that you're hoping to accomplish this year and, and moving forward, you're focusing on supporting first-generation students. Could we start off just by having a working definition together? You know, what is a first-generation student? What does that mean to you? So I go with the definition that the federal government uses when supporting um, trio programs and Pell Grant students. And that definition is just simply a student who comes from a family where their biological parents did not complete a four-year college degree. And of course, like there's some nuance in that, right? Like, you know, maybe, maybe my parents completed college, but I was raised primarily by my grandparents or my aunt and uncle or I was raised in a place where I didn't get to directly feel the impact of my intergenerational college stuff, right? And so all students might define their relationship with being first-gen in different ways. Does that sound correct to you? Absolutely. And one of the other parts of that definition is that if a student is receiving support from one parent and that parent doesn't have a baccalaureate degree, they're also considered first-gen. But when you think about perhaps an international student who comes to the U.S., and doesn't have that primary support of someone who has earned a bachelor's degree, that student could consider themselves a first-gen. I don't think we're excluding anyone necessarily from that definition, but I think just going by what the federal government defines it as is someone whose parent might not have completed a bachelor's degree. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and thanks for demystifying and uncovering some of that language. It's important to know what we're talking about before we jump in. And so I appreciate that. Uh, you know, there's some stigma around being a first-generation student. And the conversation is often around the struggles that a first-gen student has and, and experiences, which we could talk about, and I think a lot of people do talk about. But before we get into that, what are some of the unique strengths that a first-generation student might bring to the college context? A couple of things. I think that sometimes it's easier to start with the problems because you're trying to fix it. But when dealing with a human being, I think when someone treats you like you have value, your relationship with that person is more enhanced. And I think about that with our first-gen students. Think about a person who doesn't have all the knowledge but showed up and showed up to gain something, and which is their education. By doing that alone, that student is demonstrating strength. They're demonstrating persistence. And those are some of the qualities that 
would get them through college. If we start from looking at the value that a first gen brings, we're able to better assist them, we're able to better support them. And there are many things that they bring. Most first gen are agents of change because they're the first person in their family to go to college. And they may be the first, but it certainly would not be the last if that becomes something that other people can look up to and say, oh, I did it, I can too. And you also think about the fact that they are resourceful and a support system for other people. Because they're doing it, other people can look at their path and say, okay, this is something worth trying. And they're also the change agents in the workplace because they can ask you questions that nobody else is asking of like, okay, why do I have to fill my financial aid form every semester? It's easy to say, oh, that's just the way we do it. But when you think about how you can bring that student in and explain it to them, but knowing that you're not only explaining it to them because they're going to be the ones to explain it to someone else, like their parent, their guardian, then you sort of bring in that idea of how do I make this understandable for even the people who are not in the room. So our first-gen students are usually change makers. They set examples and they do things that make other places and cultures valuable in their actions. Yeah, I love that piece that you bring up around just reimagining the workplace, reimagining the classroom, reimagining the internship experience. It's these students who have never had access to some of these opportunities who are doing the most work when it comes to redesigning it and creating a more equitable version of it. Ade, can I ask you a, a question about your own personal experiences as a first-generation student? Yes. My experience was really interesting because not only a first-gen, but also an immigrant. And coming from a system, I started college pretty early. I was 17 when I started college. And coming to the U.S. and having to start over I didn't have that support system of like, okay, so you're a third year college student, but you have to start over, like where are you starting from? But I was able to lean on the people in the university, some other relatives who said, hey, you have to send your transcript here. You have to do this to get started. And then things that other people take for granted, like knowing who to go to for support, like who is my support system? I do want to add that sometimes, especially around seeing first gen as lacking. They may be lacking in the educational knowledge, but they're not all lacking in support. My parents did not go to college. In, well, I graduated college before my dad. Mm. <laughs> so I got my master's degree before my dad got his bachelor's degree. And I was at his graduation, teary eye because it's like, oh, my dad is getting his degree. And that was special for me. But to think of it that way as me being able to do this, get a master's degree, and then my dad follows after me, where it's usually the other way around. But I had the support of my dad 100% as my cheerleader. I, even if he doesn't know him, I say, you want to ask Uncle so-so-and-so, they might be able to help you. And that for me was very important. That for me was unique because I always want to share that because sometimes we say first-gen students lack support, but we have to think of what kind of support are they lacking and where can we as professionals provide the support that they may lack. Thank you so much, Ade, for, for mentioning that. There's a deficit perspective. Talking about and thinking about what students are lacking, I think can hold back many first-generation students from fully realizing all of the, the wealth that they bring to an institution. How do we switch the conversation, either at a departmental level, at an institutional level? How do we change the, the narratives that are being told to lean towards our first-gen students being the holders of this brilliance, this courage, this grit? You mentioned persistence and resilience. 
cultural and social capital. How do we make that the common narrative that is pervasive on college campuses, recognizing that our first-gen students are some of the most qualified and are having to overcome some of the biggest barriers? Yes, I think it starts with having an asset-based mindset. You have to start with what does the student bring to the table versus what are they lacking right now? And when we develop that asset-based communication, it's a bit easier to sort of ask a student, how can I help you? Instead of saying, oh, you're first gen. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. Start with, great, you're here. How can I help you? Where do we start? You have the knowledge that a student may not have regardless of status, but having that student tell you, I could use this, or having questions that can help the student see that you value their presence, you acknowledge their resilience, you acknowledge that they are there for a purpose, can really help bridge that gap. I think when you're looking at asset-based communication, you're starting from a strengths position. You're looking at the opportunities that exist and you're centering that person. I'm wondering, you're talking about some of the ways in which we can be better at communicating with first-generation students, at supporting first-generation students. You know, What is the Career Center doing? If you can point to any particular events, initiatives, or just ways of ways of being, ways of practicing. What's the Career Center doing to support this population of students at Suffolk? The first thing we did in the spring was to gather resources. We know that our students have areas of need, and we wanted to make sure that in acknowledging that needs exist, we have resources to support that. We also want to make sure that our first-gen students understand that we're there for them from the minute they come to suffer to graduation and beyond. And that involves having a career plan for students to be able to engage. And that is going to be an ongoing conversation, ongoing planning, because we believe that you could have a plan, life happens, but if you have the skills, you can change your plan to what suits you and to an outcome that you desire while they're supporting you. So we're working on a first-gen career plan right now, and we're also working with different partners on campus, like the Center for Student Diversity and Inclusion, Connect the Dots program from the DSS, and also the Office of Access and Opportunity. Are, thanks for thanks for sharing all those. I'm excited to be a part of some of those events and, and be around for some of those those resources. Just having these different spaces of community for our students to find other people who are like them and learn from the wisdom of people before them. I think that'll be really special for our campus. As we begin to wrap up, I'm wondering if you can leave our student listeners with any final words of wisdom, specifically for our first generation student listeners who may be feeling alone or maybe they've already tapped into some of those resources on campus. What, what do you have to say directly to them? I would say that I hope that they're okay with hearing no. I think sometimes there's the fear of not asking because what if the answer is no? I always say, consider what if the answer is yes or maybe, maybe it's not no. (laughs) And if you get yes, better. And so being able to ask for help is not a sign of weakness, it's actually a sign of strength. And to believe that if you've made it this far, you can only go farther. So I hope that our students come to us, especially our first-gen students, knowing that we're here to support them. We are committed to the values and the words that are in our name. And we don't promise to solve every problem, but we hope that wherever there is an issue, we would work together to solve it. I love that that piece of advice. And I 
definitely am someone who could use it. I, I struggle so much with asking for help because of the shame, because of the guilt, because of the, I should be able to do this all by myself, but that's that's not true. And so what a great reminder to sort of wrap us up with. Ade, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the work that you do in the Career Center. I'm so excited to be a part of a team with you and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. As always, be sure to check out our website at suffolk.edu slash career center and follow us on social media at Suffolk underscore careers.